David Glott, Director of the North Dakota Department of Environmental Quality. Appreciate you joining the program here today. Talking today about an update of the recent spill in North Dakota. The Keystone Pipeline spill is what the headlines read. Uh, if we could maybe just get, you know, an update and an overview kind of spliced into one from when your office was notified to where we're at today. Sure. Yeah, we were notified uh, the evening of uh, the 29th of October uh, in the evening about 1130 that a pipeline uh, break had occurred uh, with uh, TC Energy Pipeline in Walsh County. Uh, the next day, we had people on the ground evaluating the, the, the spill and did identify an area of contamination uh, where the oil had stained the ground and it appeared to be a pipeline break. Uh, the company the night before had initiated shutdown uh, practices uh, for the pipeline. And so by the time we got there, down got to the site, the pipeline had been shut down, and we were already moving into containment and remediation actions. Since that time, uh, the several things have happened. Uh, like I said, the area was contained uh, to the pretty much the area of impact on the surface soils. There is a wetland, a shallow wetland there that had some impact. All that water drainage was contained, and we moved into looking at uh, what caused the release. The company was mobilizing to excavate that area of pipeline. The federal agency FIMSA has re regulatory authority to oversee that, and so they oversaw the actual excavation, exposing of the, the corrupted pipeline area, removing that pipeline splice and putting in a new portion of pipeline before they could begin operations. And that took all about a, a week uh, to 10 days to make that happen. Since that time, uh, we've had additional soil borings taken out there to better delineate the area of extent. And as we go through the step-by-step -step process, we gain more information on what the extent of contamination is, uh, how bad the impact is to the environment, and what steps we should be taking uh, differently than we are today. In that process, we continue to uh, update or improve our estimates. With better data, you get better estimates. And that's why we're showing that initially we had a, an area of about 1,500 feet by 15 feet impact, uh, about a half acre, and now we're indicating about a little over four and a half acres of impact. The spill hasn't increased, it's just our estimates have gotten more accurate. The company is now excavating contaminated soil. Uh, They're doing air quality monitoring in the area to make sure that the air is protected. And we're anticipating that removal of the contaminated soil probably is gonna take about another month or two months. And then the actual regrading of the, the site, the fixing up of the other parts of the, the land that's become compacted with heavy equipment, that may all go into the spring of next year. Looking at some of the headlines, trying to follow the story with the press releases that your department has brought the crude life, um, you know, and then of course you got the, the media ones as well, you know, just kind of doing some headline reading as an average person, you know, the, I'm looking at one from the Hill here, original reports, 40, was it 400,000, 383,000 was reported and then we're down to 9,000 and now I saw, saw one on Yahoo that said 10 times the original amount here. 
Um, is this normal to fluctuate so drastically like that when it comes from this? I mean, um, I try to stick with, you know, the reports that you guys give us. But, boy, I tell you, for the average person, it's got to be really hard to f- kind of disseminate which, which report is real, which estimate is real, which opinion is real out there. Which one is real? <laughs> yeah, 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 it is confusing. And, and it gets even more confusing when we talk about 9,100 barrels uh, oil released, and then that's equivalent to 383,000 gallons and so sometimes the reporters mix gallons and barrels together and those are two different units so the hard thing is to keep consistent with the units going through so the the 9,100 barrels is equivalent to the 383 so it's all the same there so that hasn't changed we have but what has changed is that our initial reports of about a half acre of, of impact was made quick assessment when there's a lot of activity going on Uh, like anything else whether it's a car accident you know the initial issue you see is what's in front of you but you don't know why it happened or really the total extent of injuries as you investigate more and more you get better information and you're better able to uh, identify really what the impact is and that's why you get different updated reports and you can expect that through any investigation one of the things we struggle with is how early should we give that information out and uh, we get input from uh, the public is that they want to know now and so when we give out information the initial reports we caveat that that that's an initial estimate based on what we know today 15 days from that point we are a lot smarter we have a lot more updated information and we're able to get new give new updated estimates and so that's just the natural progression of any one of these spills it's a step-by-step process every step you gain more information and you're able to better assess the real impacts that are occurring. And so that's why the changes occur. I would strongly recommend that uh, the public, if they have any questions uh, regarding really what the true uh, release amounts are, where we're at our invest- in our investigation, that they contact the department and they will get the, the straight information from us as we know it at that time. And as that, that's upgraded, we'll get them the new information. I know I tell people a lot of time when it comes to complicated and complex issues like this, it's more, it's easier to kind of treat it like the stock market or fantasy baseball. Checking in day to day, it's going to drive you nuts because things change and, and it's kind of fluid and rapid. But over the course of, say, 30 days, you can start to see a pattern, a body of work. You can start to see the, the shape develop a little bit. Um, I, I think that, that's correct. And, and I think, you know, it's very important to know that it is a fluid process. And it's all about containing the spill, protecting public health and environment. That's our first priority, and we'll continue to do that. Do we know the cause? I didn't catch that in the uh, kind of the overview, I guess. Uh, Has a cause been pinpointed at this point? Is it still under investigation? The the federal agency, FEMSA, and they're the pipeline authority, they did get that section of pipe that failed. They take it to their national headquarters and they do a very detailed analysis on you know the metal and the pipe the welds and everything else and once they conclude that uh, study uh, then they'll provide a report to, to identify what was the result or what caused the release at this point in time all we know is that there was a piece of pipeline that failed and but we don't know what caused it at this point 
You mentioned earlier about a shallow water impact to the land type of a thing. Um, and then there, was it, is, is there a ranking for that? Is it minimal? Is there reclamation done? Is it, uh, what, what, uh, define that a little more if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, obviously, uh, up in the, in pretty much throughout North Dakota, there's uh, a lot of areas that have water or, uh, it's probably frozen now, but, uh, low lying areas because we had so much rain and it's been so saturated. So this was a low lying area that had wetland type vegetation in there. So it, it does hold water, but it's very shallow. Uh, so we classified that as, you know, water saturated soils or potential wetland. So there was a little impact there. They're gonna be able to remediate that, uh, get rid of the contamination and put in clean material. And so it can reestablish itself in the future. Have you guys been able to compare any of the similarities with the uh, Tioga spill? That's the other one that made national news um, with this. I'm pretty sure there's probably some similarities, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of differences as well. Yeah, every one of these sites is, is different. Uh, you know, they have their different characteristics based on where they're at, uh, soil types, time of year. Uh, in this case, you know, the, the Tesoro pipeline break up in uh, Tioga was a pretty extensive extensive spill. Uh, they chose a remediation uh, to look at digging up soil. They found out because of the crude type, Bakken is a little lighter, and so it migrates faster. And the geology type, there are sand seams in there that really allowed that oil to move pretty quickly in the subsurface. And so they had to chase after it and clean it up, which took them quite a long time to do that. In this case, we're dealing with a... Uh, a different type of crude, the tar sands crude, which is a lot thicker, moves a lot slower. It was spilled in the time of year when it was really cold, so oil doesn't move too fast. Plus, the soil types there are really thick up in the valley uh, with heavy clay types, so it was pretty much contained right to the pipeline. Uh, they also had a monitoring system that detected the rele release and was able to shut down the pipeline in a very short period of time, so that minimized the impact. So we're feeling that uh, it's tough to compare site to site because of all the different variables, but this one up in Walsh County uh, was a lot smaller in scope due to the location and the soil types and the type of crude oil. So we're hopeful to clean that up in a lot shorter period of time. Say, I know you weren't prepared for the Tioga spill, but uh, I heard through the truckers and the cafes that they're about cleaned up up there. They're on they're on crop uh, reclamation remediation at this point. Is that do you know the latest on that? Yep. Uh, actually, I just talked to one of the soil scientists that was involved in restoring that area, and they have finished their remediation as far as cleanup of the contaminated area. They have reestablished the the ground level, and they did have a crop this year. Uh, I haven't have not talked to the landowners directly, but uh, through other individuals, they indicate that they were uh, pleased with the results this year. Uh, it's just the first year, uh, and then moving into next year, hopefully we have a good cropping season for all farmers, but we'll have to see how the, the, the soil produces, uh, what type of yields we get off that land, and we're hopeful for uh, really good news. But it's, it's tra tracking in the right direction. A lot of the media, a lot of the money <laughs> a lot of the resources have gone into prevention with uh, innovation with you know smart pigs and a lot of different uh sensors 
Uh, was there uh, pre prevention is going to come up? Has that been discussed in terms of did something fail? Is was there something not up to code? Just talk to me on the prevention side. Have you guys had a meeting on, on that yet? I guess to find out how this happened. Not yet, and that's something we plan in the future. From every one of these spills, uh, we learn something, and we learn how to get better in monitoring, how to get better in our responses, and also clean up. Uh, we plan to sit down with a company go through all their data from their monitoring system, you know, what was the thresholds for the alarms, how did they respond, how quickly did they respond to reduce the spill, and then from that we can determine are there things we can do better. Uh, one of the things that uh, the state is doing is looking through the EERC is iPipe, is how can we use technology to minimize or eliminate pipeline breaks in the future. So we're hopeful that all the, although these pipeline breaks are extremely bad and we don't want any of them we learn from it and from that we can improve the monitoring monitoring system going forward and so we're hopeful by our what we call forensic review of the data we can identify where are areas that can be tweaked and improved and overall reduce the number of spills that occur what's next then for for the state you mentioned to sit down and have a, a meeting to discuss uh, how these things can be preventative, kind of the learning session. But what's next for those people listening now that um, kind of want to know what's happening up here? Well, we will continue to uh, monitor the cleanup, uh, make sure that all the contamination is removed from the site and that new material is brought in and it was uh, regraded and put back to its original condition. That's what's really in front of us right now. Moving into the future, we will be sitting down with the company to review what happened, how quickly was the response, and could it have been avoided. We'll have those discussions with the company, and uh, that information will be coming out uh, as we go through the process. Uh, is there potential enforcement? I believe there is, and so we'll be looking at that as well to see if uh, there's any monetary fines that are appropriate in this particular case.